How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. So good to be back here with you. Hey, uh, happy Christmas pre-week season. (laughs) Hope you're having a uh, good and not super chaotic holiday Christmas uh, pre-week. Um, speaking of that, we are, I'm going to take a break on the podcast for next week because next week is Christmas. If you can believe that, if you haven't bought a gift for your wife and your kids and your in-laws uh, and your mom, you should definitely do that like today. Uh, Amazon Prime, baby. Uh, so <laughs> get some gifts because Christmas is next week. Today's Monday The when this episode is being released, Monday the 17th. And uh, next Tuesday is Christmas, in case you didn't know. And then the next week is New Year's and New Year's Eve, um, which you probably knew because you've been on this earth a long time, but just want to give you a heads up that there's some big weeks coming up in the next two weeks. So we're going to take a quick break, uh, and then we'll be right back on Monday, January 7th. Uh, we'll, we'll jump right back into the show. So, uh, just mark your calendars for that next couple of weeks. We're off. And then January 7th, we're back on, um, if you didn't know already, and if you're thinking of gifts for Christmas gifts, uh, we do have a devotional, a dad tired devotional. Um, for those of you wives that sneak into the show and try to listen, super glad you're here. Thanks for hanging out and sneaking in. Um, but also your husband probably would love the dad tired devotional. So you can pick that up, go to dadtired.com and it'll be the first thing you see is that there's a link there that you can immediately click that devotional. So pick that up. We also have it on audiobook format too. Uh, if that is something that's helpful for you, it's really meant to be read in like group context or with a friend that's ideal, but we know some guys, um, it just makes more sense with them as they're doing a commute or whatever, or they're not a big reader. Uh, you can listen to audiobook format. Both of those can be picked up on the dad tired website, dadtired.com. And speaking of books, I also want to plug my friend Aaron Smith's book. He and his wife, Jennifer wrote this book called, uh, they actually have a bundle called 31 prayers for your daughter and 31 prayers for your son, two separate books. You can get them bundled together, or you can buy the individual ones if you have a separate son or daughter, uh, individually, but they're very, very good biblically based prayers, uh, that are just so good, man. Just speaking of, we just did last week, a whole episode on prayer and how important prayer is and the reason we don't pray. Um, so go back and listen to that episode. But uh, if you if you listen to that episode and you're thinking, man, I'm just motivated more than ever to pray over my family, then I would highly recommend. I, I actually meant to say this on the last episode, but uh, I highly recommend picking up the 31 prayers for my daughter, 31 prayers for my son. Pick up those that bundle. The best place to do that would be to go to shop.marriageaftergod.com. Again, that's shop dot marriage after god.com again super good books uh today i have a pastor from oregon who just wrote a book called aching joy um jason Haig is on the show today and he uh, wrote this book really out of his experience with raising a son who has severe autism uh, and just talks about his journey of praying to god and kind of in that season between the promises of god and the pain of real life i know there's a ton of you guys who you guys write me all the time and there are many of you who don't write me but uh, who either post in the dad tired group and who you're just in the thick of it, man. Like you're, you're dealing with some really heavy stuff and you're feeling like, where is God in the midst of this pain? What do I do when I feel like God isn't showing up or I don't hear from him when I, when I feel like he's not listening and your prayers just frankly haven't been answered yet. Like, what do you do in that season? So Jason's going to speak directly to that. I think you're going to get a lot out of it. Let's dive right into today's show.
All right, Jason, super glad to have you on today's show. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. For the audience that doesn't know you, uh, tell us who you are and what you're up to these days, man. Yeah, um, I am an associate pastor down in Junction City, Oregon, which is near uh, near Eugene, and uh, I am a tired dad. In fact, my son was up for uh, hours last night, so I have five mm. kids. Um, I'm an author as well. I just put out my first book called uh, Aching Joy, Following God Through the Land of Unanswered Prayer, and that's about uh, mostly about my relationship with one of my children, Jack, who's 12, and he is severely autistic. So I do a lot of talking about um, that, about the sort of the intersection of, of church and special needs, and uh, and this book is 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 mostly about my own journey of of coming through disappointment with God. What do you do when you know when when life kind of falls apart, and uh, and how do you rediscover joy and hope in the process? So that's kind of uh, that's kind of my passion. Let's talk about that, man. Let's dive into the subject matter of the book and what really compelled you to write it. Well, I had been uh, blogging. Um, for about six years. It's funny. Um, I, I started writing online because I wanted to build a platform for fiction. You know, I love to tell stories and, and I man, I want to write novels, et cetera. And, uh, but I was still going through this, this long season, you know, my son was diagnosed when he was two, no, sorry, three. Um, and, and this was one of those cases where, um, he was developing normally, you know, and then something happens and he just loses his vocabulary and, and his, you know, relational uh, um, skills. They're all just gone. And uh, so mm-hmm. that threw me for a loop like it does with a whole lot of dads. Like this is, the, you know, it, it's almost cliche. <laughs> um, this is the special needs dad who suddenly gets really distant, realizes he can't fix it. I mean, it's all of the classic cliches and they were all true for me. I, I, I sort of threw me for a loop. So, uh, anyway, I had gone through let, a long let, season. let me interrupt you for a second. Sorry, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. so I'm just curious on that part of your story. You said he was developing normally. And then so, did you say something happened? Well, it, Nothing that we could point at, but it was it was a thing where he had been very relational. He had been talkative. He had been just like a regular kid, and mm. then um, he he just start he just drifted into his own world. And it was mm. friend uh, my friend Nathan who had been around him for about a year and said, you know, I don't think I've ever actually made made eye contact with Jack. And something when mm. he said that. Um, it sort of triggered something in my mind of like, is that true? Like, is he really, and I realized that it happened gradually. Um, but he was no longer interacting. He was no longer playing. And then we would try to reach out to him more and more. And he seemed to just drift further away from us into his own little mm. fog. So that was the thing that was so difficult. Actually, the biggest thing for me is when we lost eye contact, he just wouldn't mm. look at me anymore. Mm. And that, you know, for a day, de- he's my first son. Uh, it was devastating for me. Um, and it took a really long time to, to work through that. So that's when I started writing about that about six years ago. And it sort of uh, snowballed into a book eventually. Process what that was like. So he was your first son. Had You had had other kids, though, before that, other girls? Yeah, I had two daughters, um, and uh, they, it, you know, it was with my daughters. They were like these little pixies, you know, who grow who were speaking Shakespearean English when they were two weeks old, mm. you know, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah. uh, and uh, very smart, very engaging, and all this stuff. And and I adored them. But you know, there is something about having your first son, right? And uh, and so I had these little. You know, I had these visions um, that, uh, you know, I talk about in my book. They're almost like little propaganda films that are in our minds before we have kids sometimes of like, you know, this is the way life is going to be. So for me, a lot of it was about sports 
a lot of it was about just sharing experiences, sharing family culture uh, together, all of these things, which I was so looking forward to. Um, and uh, when that diagnosis hit and when I saw him drifting further, I realized, man, like none of that is probably going to happen. So what do I do now? And what were you, how were you processing that? Do you feel like you're processing that well? Or did you like go into a panic or depression, withdrawal? Like what did you do as you started to realize something was off? Well, there, you know, there were a couple of waves. Um, the, the first thing for me was I, I, I honestly, what, what I ended up doing is walking the, the path of grief, the stages of grief, you know, um, denial, anger, bargaining, depression, all of that stuff. Um, so I had a season of denial, like, no, everything's fine. You know, boys just, they just mature more slowly than girls. Like, um, and it was my Mm. mom who one day emails me and says, Jason, I think you're in denial, um, Mm. about this thing. I think he has autism and and you're in denial. And I, I laughed, I actually laughed when I read it, which uh, I guess is what people in denial (laughs) do. Um, so I didn't deal with it well, Jared, man. I was like, um, you know, it was at, sort of after that I had a season of getting really angry with God, um, and then I had a long season of dryness um, and and depression. Um, but there were stages. There were little stages of breakthrough. Like for example, my season of anger with God it was actually very short lived because I've always believed God is good. Mm-hmm. Um, but there were you know it was a convergence of of this diagnosis, and I had another issue with with uh, my newborn son with his heart. Um, and so there was this convergence of things that happened and I just got furious with God. And so I decided to go out to the beach and just tell him what I thought about all of this and what I thought about him right then. Um, and I, I just kind of unloaded <laughs> and it was one of these like, it, man, am I going to get hit by lightning or, you know, <laughs> like, is, is this even okay? Um, but I'll tell you, man, it, it was like when I was able to do that. Something like something changed there, like something opened up. And um, I, I, I think honestly, it was simply this is like when we can be honest with God about the things he already sees, you know, that opens up a, a path for intimacy. Because I think a lot of us have these things against God. And, and, you know, are they are they good accusations? Well, no, of course not, probably. But it's to, to be able to voice those um there's something that I think it invites him into those places. You know what I mean? Expand on that. So what did that do when you went out to the beach and you just like, you know, kind of let it all out? What did you learn either about yourself or about God? Like what, what stuck out to you out of that? Well, I, I think it, it was kind of like this. You know, when we, when we have something that is, um, you know, sort of unspoken, um, it becomes the elephant in the room. Like we, we both see it and we're pretending it's not there. And this is especially true, you know, with God cause he sees everything. So it's really kind of hilarious that we try to bury our feelings with him. And I don't know why we do it. I think it's, I think it must be a uniquely Western thing of like, Oh, I can't tell God that, Oh, you know, I don't dare. Um, but when, when we, when I read the Psalms, I see David doing this all the time. And the other psalmists too, the sons of Korah. I see it all throughout Scripture. It seems like the people who knew God best were those who were most honest with Him. And sometimes it's just like, you know, why have you abandoned me? <laughs> well, you know, why don't you answer me? Oh God, you've made me a laughingstock. Jeremiah says all of these things. They're just they're throwing their their anger, they're throwing their disappointment at His feet. And they're not shy about it, and they're not saying, "Oh dear God, I hope it's okay for me to say this." They're 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 treating him as if they're a son, and he's their father, 
And I yeah. think when when I was able to do that, it was I, I almost had this sense. It was almost like you know drawing near to me and saying, "There was that so hard." Like, can is that so hard to just say it? Just say it. Just tell me mm. what's going on inside. I already see it. And, and I think mm. there's it, it just like in relationship with our spouses, right? Um, when we're able to open up and be honest. It, it's not. It, it's usually not the thing that we're being honest about. That's the issue. The issue is that we're being honest in the first place. The issue is that we're right. bringing whatever that thing is into the light, and then we can begin to deal with it. And so, I think as long as we harbor disappointment with God, and, and dads, man, I'll tell you, men are so good at this. We're so good at pretending everything's fine and burying it. But it's so dangerous because then we we end up getting these blockages in our relationship with Him. So the sooner we can actually deal with them the sooner he can actually begin to to work with the accusations themselves and deal with the actual issue at hand and we can start to experience some healing that's really good man how how are you how are you praying when you first started to go through this season like what were your prayers like then as opposed to i guess maybe how you ended up yeah i i think early on it, it was all like lord heal him mhm and uh you know, there were a lot of those kinds of prayers. Um, I, I don't, I don't pray that way anymore. I, I think early on, I didn't really understand what autism was. Like, it's not a disease, right? It's a, mm-hmm. um, it's a, it's a neurological condition um, that's basically defined by its symptoms. So, um, you know, even even using healing kinds of language can be really difficult for people who are on the autism spectrum. Because, like, this is the way that God created me, you know. So, um, it's it's a it's a thorny issue. But what I pray for now is is I pray for breakthrough. You know, um, when he goes through, you know, he he has some insomnia, which is what I was dealing with last night, right? Mm. Like, Lord, please just give him sleep, just give him peace. Um, you know, he has meltdowns. Lord, please give him give him your shalom here. Um, help him to to be able to calm down. I, I, so I pray more for for those individual things uh, of, of breakthrough rather than healing. Yeah, you know, there's so many people that can relate to the subtitle of your book, which talks about kind of being in the in between of God's promises and in your pain and kind of living right. in that. What what do you? For obviously every dad in some way is going through some kind of pain or has gone through or will go through some kind of pain. What is that? What does it look like to live in the middle of that? Those two things. It's uh, it's, it's tricky. And I, I think the key is remembering that, um, that we're not done here. You know, that, that Jesus came and, uh, he's building his kingdom. He's building it through us. And one day it's going to be complete. So that means for now, we have to get used to to living in this sort of in between country between um, you know things are broken but but they're in the process of of being healed um, and uh, but we will have brokenness you know Jesus promised us in this world you will have trouble so I think the first thing we need to do is come to terms with that and that means we have to jettison some of these things that we've heard even in church of like man you come you come to Jesus and then. You know, like we, you know, I don't know if you ever learned the song in, in children's church back in the day, you know, but it's like, uh, I'm inside, outside, upside, downside, happy all the time since Jesus mm. Christ came in and cleansed my heart from sin. Like, that's just not true. Mm. It's just not true. You're not going to be happy all the time. You're going to have some really stinking hard days, and it's because the world is still broken. So we need to come to terms with the fact that the world's still broken, and that means that there's going to be things in our lives, even in our families, that just aren't right. And we're going to have to lean on him during those times and say, Lord, I still love you. I still trust you. I understand this is really, really hard. Um, and so I need you to to help my heart in the midst of this process. 
But we can't define um, the goodness of God, the character of God based on our own temporal problems, like based on these individual circumstances that we're praying through. That's yeah. just not fair. And those two things are too fleeting. Yeah, it's funny, man. I I just feel like the greatest seasons of our growth are happening in those seasons where we're where we're going through it, like in, in whatever way, whatever way that pain kind of shows up um, is, is often the times where we feel like are in hindsight right. where God right. is developing our character and uh, we're, we're being tested and we're, and we're enduring to like become more like Christ. And yet it's the one thing that we try to avoid so much, especially in the West, like uh, we are just addicted to comfort um, yes. and, and I just want to avoid pain and discomfort yes. at all costs. I'm guilty of that. Like, even as I say that, I feel convicted because, <laughs> uh, I hate being uncomfortable and I hate pain, you know, but, right. um, yet it's, it would, what would it look like for us as Christians to like lean into that, knowing that this is the very thing God's using to make us more, look more like him, which should be our ultimate goal above comfort, you know? Right. Right. I was even thinking of, you know, Romans 5 talks about that. We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope. Like that's not a verse I like to quote. It's just not, you know, it's it's difficult. um, But to be able to get your eyes on the big picture and know that he really does work and he really does bring treasures in the midst of our darkness. Like that's, that's one thing he does over and over again. Yeah. What does it look like to rejoice in our suffering without being fake happy? Right. So like some people oh, might hear that and they and they hear like, well, I'm going through it right now and whatever that whatever it is. And so when I hear the verse like, OK, I'm supposed to rejoice in my suffering. Does that mean I just put on a fake smile and kind of walk around like everything's OK when inside I'm dying? No, like, man. That's, that? Yeah, I love that question because I think I think that is what so many people get from verses like that. Like, oh, it's great. How are you doing? I'm so good. And it's like, no, you're not. Right. I can see it in your eyes. You know, right. you haven't slept in five days and your whole <laughs> life is fall, falling apart. Don't tell me everything's fine. Um, right. So, no, I, I, I think absolutely we there are ways, though, that we can rejoice. And, and one of them, I would say, is this. And this is one of the things that special needs parents have to come to terms with early on. And so it's sort of language that a lot of us use. But that is celebrating small victories. That that means that we, you know, the, the scripture says every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of Lights, right? Um, and so I think there are some gifts that He gives us that are just beautiful and amazing, and maybe you know, maybe it's that healing, or maybe it's that big breakthrough that we've been craving. Um, so we wait for those things. But there are also gifts that aren't necessarily perfect, but they're really good. They're you know, things that he is giving us, daily blessings that he's giving us. Um, and sometimes we can get our eyes so focused on the unfulfilled promise, you know, so focused on that perfect thing that hasn't happened that we miss all these good things that God's doing. And I think we need to, especially when we're in seasons of unanswered prayer, we need to be willing to look and celebrate those small things. And it just, just to to start practicing the art of small scale celebration, you know, like, well, you know, my son still has, you know, these issues and he still doesn't have conversations with me. But today, you know, he said goodbye to me when he got on the bus. And today, you know, he, he drew a picture when I asked him to draw a picture of this thing. Isn't that beautiful? Isn't that amazing? And it certainly is not just in the realm of special needs. I think all of us go through these seasons when it's like, 
Lord, you won't answer this question. How am I supposed to celebrate? And he's like, well, what about this over here? Do you see what I just did? That conversation you just had with your father and, and you guys always have terrible conversations and that one was really, really good and promising. Celebrate that thing. If you're going to get mad at the things that are still upset, which is okay, I think, honestly, fine, get upset. That's that's a bummer. That You owe it. Your intellectual integrity demands that you have to also acknowledge the other things that are around, and there are some really good things that God's doing in the midst of it. Hmm. That's really good, man. That's good stuff. Um, you have five kids, uh, yes. and and kind of, I imagine like everyone's kids, they're all different and have all kinds of different personalities and giftings and hurdles and all that stuff. What's one thing you've learned as a dad in five years or in, with five kids? Um, you know, I, I guess one of them would be this man. So many times early on, you know, you read kid, you know, tr- how to train up your, your kids so that, you know, they will always follow the Lord or so that they all, will always do the right thing. This kind of, there is, there is nothing. There is no guidebook for doing that. Um, it, it, there just isn't like your kids are different. There is not one specific way. If you follow this way and if you discipline your kids just at these times and they will, no, no, like kids will learn to play by the rules and they'll learn to tell you what you want to say. If you, if you come down, you know, too hard on this disciplinary thing or whatever, like all kids are different and there are strategies that we used with, um, with my oldest daughter that have not worked with, you know, my second daughter or with, with my sons, you know, like it, with each one of them, we owe it to them to, to do what the Lord does with us, to get to know them as individuals and to love them for who they are, um, and to guide them based on who they are, you know, uh, to, to what, what is, you know, scripture speaks to all kinds of people. Um, so we can, we can raise them up in the way of the Lord, but we can't think that there's one like super narrow method to deal with every personality or whatever. Like, uh, we, we need to, to, to parent based on those, uh, those specific idiosyncrasies and the unique way that God created each one of them. Yeah. I heard somebody say one time that, uh, you know, the, that verse in Proverbs that says, train up your child in the way they should go and they will not depart. Uh, it really is a principle, not a promise. Um, so we can't just assume. Right. I think that kind of speaks to what you were saying, that uh, there is no just one path that's going to, you know, bust out at the end of the factory, perfect kids who follow God. I think that that's it's more of a principle there. Um, yeah, and I think proverbs are like that most in general, right. too. Like most of the time, their principles are not necessarily like these these promises that we take. But even with that one, you know, there's another way you can read that, and that is train up a child in his way, in his or her way. Mm. Um, they won't depart from it. So uh, there there is there's room there for for specifics and, and individuality, um, and and you know, taking in their uniqueness. God God made them the way that they are. Mm. You know, mm. what about as a husband? You five kids in. You've gone through a lot. What, what have you learned as a husband? Um, man, you really need your wife. Like, <laughs> <laughs> amen. What's I in think, there? Uh, yeah. yeah, like, man, I, I, um, in in my situation, and every situation is different, but um, in the stuff that we have gone through, um, she handled things a lot better than I did, and um. I've just realized I, I never knew how much I needed other people and how much I needed um, my wife and to be on the same page um, as her. So I guess it's just treasure your wife, man. Like, um, and th- there'll be times 
you know, uh, when she's not doing well, she's having a really difficult time and I'm doing well, that, that that's okay. You can tag out, you know, and it's okay if you're not doing well, just keep communication open, um, and, uh, and treasure your wife. Hmm. Yeah. With, I imagine you get these kinds of emails all the time. I get every day I get emails from guys who, um, really are just reaching out cause they're in the thick of it. Um, they're going through a lot of stuff and, they feel like they would be in what you describe in the middle of that season of unanswered prayer. Um, and for a lot of those guys, they just, it's feels impossible to kind of look objectively to step back and look objectively and think like, I don't see a single thing going right in my life right now. (laughs) Like everything feels like it's collapsing on itself. If that guy were sitting across from you and just in that season where it's like, dude, everything's falling apart. What would you tell him? Oh man. Yeah. There, you know, there's so many things. Uh, The first is we, you know, we need to just acknowledge that we don't have all the answers here. And, 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 uh, when, when people are going through a really hard time, I think one of, one of the best things that I have learned to say is, man, I just don't know what the answer is here. I, you know, I know that God loves you, but I don't know the answer. And I think that immediately actually can be a help. (laughs) So don't give them, don't, you know, not giving platitudes that's a really helpful thing. You know, don't, don't break out the, well, you know, all things happen for a reason or whoever gives you anything you can't handle. You know, that's, that, that's really trite stuff. What I come back to a lot is, is just this concept is, is look, you know, I understand things are really, really hard in your life. Um, but what if we were able to look around us and look at the victories that are happening around us, not even in our own lives, but maybe in the lives of our friends, maybe in the lives of our neighbors, maybe in the lives of other family members. Um, can we look at those things and say, you know what? God is still at work. I mean, look at my friend over there. He's been praying for a new job for a long time. He thought there was no way he was going to get hired, and he just got hired after they prayed a whole lot about this. Like, that is God at work. It, what if we were able to step outside of our own hurt? And celebrate somebody else's victory as if it was our own. Hmm. Because what can happen a lot of times is we get under this this dark rain cloud of like, it, it feels like the only thing in existence is our pain and our current circumstance. And and if we get sucked into that too much, then you know we we can end up in self pity and we can end up in this this sort of this weird place as if this is this really is all that exists as, yeah. as well God must not be good because right because I'm having a really bad year um, and we need to remember God is much bigger than that he he's been God for a really long time and he's God over way more people than just us and over way bigger circumstances than the pain that we're in right now so if we can if we can step out of that. Um, and, and, and that means sort of being willing to let go of some of that hurt and, and rejoice for our friend who – our friends who just had a baby. Even if me and my wife can't have a baby, that one just had a baby. So let's rejoice for them as if this was our victory mm. or rejoice because that kid just had a breakthrough even if our kid hasn't had a breakthrough. I mean it's difficult. I'm not going to lie. It's difficult. There are times we go through that. One of my one of my dearest friends has a son with the same name as my son, born the same month, and I watch like he plays basketball and he's like, "This is an incredible kid, right?" And and uh, and they have all this beautiful relationship. And and in my weaker days, I can look at that and be like, "Oh, I wish I had that with Jack." Um, but I, I've I've sort of gotten in the rhythm now of celebrating those things with them. 
and, mm. and that takes the sting out of some of that. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's such a kingdom answer, man. Uh, you have to be in our flesh. There's no way we can think like that. <laughs> uh, that is a kingdom perspective and a really cool perspective for you to share. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, what would you What would you tell people who? Um, I'm trying to think of the best way to word this. I get like for those of your friends who maybe don't know how to act around you and your son with special needs, what would you want them to know? Man, that's a great question. I love that question. Um, cause I get it because so many are like, they don't want to, they don't want to offend or like, you know, you see all these like rants on Facebook of like 10 things to never say to a special needs family, you know? And so you end up like all like, Oh, so what do I say? Right. Um, I would say this, it's always okay to ask a question, hmm. you know, it, it, it's, um, we're, we're just a regular family. Um, I, you know, I know we look a little different. Um, and I know you, you know, you've probably read some articles and you have questions about this or that because somebody said a thing and, and, uh, I think, you know, be, being gracious and gentle, um, I never mind it when someone says, look, I, this might be a really dumb question. I'm sorry, but I saw a thing about this or that and, you know, or I watched Rain Man <laughs> or, you know, right, whatever. Right. Like, um, I, I never mind it when people approach it that way because they're wanting to learn. Um, so I, 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 I really try to encourage other special needs families of like, please don't be offended when somebody comes with an honest question. Um, this is the way that you build friends and allies in the community. So uh, honesty is good, man. Hmm. Tell us about where we can stay connected with you and where we can pick up your book. Well, you can pick up the book on Amazon or you know, any online retailers. Again, it's called Aching Joy. Um, you can find me at jasonhague.com um, or achingjoy.com. My last name is spelled H-A-G-U-E. Um, so I still uh, do a lot of blogging. I've done poetry and videos and uh, and all kinds of stuff over there. Also, I'm in the Dad Tired Facebook group. Yeah, so I don't I don't chime in. I don't chime in all that often, but every once in a while, I had a great little discussion on whether or not to celebrate Christmas last week, and so oh. I chimed in there. Did you see that thread? I, you know, I try to avoid all the chaotic chaotic threads that happen in there now. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. No, this wasn't chaotic. It was actually really good. Oh, it was, it was a good it one. Was cool. Okay. Good. Yeah, yeah, it was a good one. Uh, so every once in a while, I'll jump in on on uh, that stuff. I but, appreciate uh, I like you to, to giving uh, your two cents on that. We need people to give good thought <laughs> on that group. Sometimes. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. Well, you got a good thing going there, man. It's cool. I, I love seeing the guys come in and, and um, you know, asking for prayer on stuff and, and just getting really raw and vulnerable. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, I uh, I applaud you. Well done. Thanks, man. Dude, thank you. I know you you got a lot going on. You're busy. Your dad tired. Uh, but thank you for taking the time to hang out with us today. Appreciate it, Jared. Thanks a lot, man. Hey, guys. Hopefully that episode was helpful and encouraging to you on your dad journey. Uh, If you would, take just a moment to leave a rating and a review. It helps us get in front of more guys to grow our Dad Tired community and help point more men towards Jesus. Again, we've got a break coming up for the next couple of weeks. We'll jump back in on January 7th. Have a great Christmas. Love you guys. See you then.